right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up live show presented, as always, by our friends at High Noon. Solly here. DJ Pi is here. Hello, Pi Man. Hello, guys. Hello. Glad to be with you. Glorious, wonderful, amazing Saturday of Masters play. Neil Schuster is here to help us recap. Hello, Neil. That's Good to see you. That's all. He, that's all he's got. We got some guests. It's still timely. Through. It still works. We're going to talk with KVV here shortly, who is of course on the grounds. I'm sure saw a bunch of wonderful stuff today uh, out at the Masters. This is of course the live show is brought to you by our friends at High Noon. It is here, the High Noon Tequila Seltzer made with real Blanco tequila and real juice. I would definitely say tequila is my go-to liquor. Uh, now my favorite seltzer has an option for all other tequila lovers out there. It's available in four bright, crisp flavors. Strawberry is my favorite, and usually I try to save those ones, but I needed to pick me up today, guys. I'm just bummed. I'm just every. I'm just deflated after everything we've seen uh, happen with the weather. There's lime. There's grapefruit. There's passion fruit. They're of course only 100 calories. They're gluten free. There's no added sugar. They have been on the shelves for about a month now in a lot of various locations. They are rolling out countrywide over the next two months. They are fully available nationwide by May 1st, just in time for summer. You can find High Noon Tequila at Drizzly or your local convenience or liquor store, or visit High Noon Spirits. Dot com to find it near you. Thank you to them for bringing us this show all week long. Oh, guys, what a bummer. What a bummer. It is a bummer. It's t- two days in a row. I was, I was lamenting to you guys that, it, you know, Masters weekend, you you almost you get your chores done, went for a run, was on the couch a little too much yesterday. You go, you go get some supplies, ready to hunker down, hit the couch, 17 minutes in. And you just you hear the air horn. It's it's tough. It, it and I think I'm hoping that makes tomorrow just an epic, memorable day of golf. But I worry about not being able to pace myself because that's a personal like I lack self control. I'm gonna have too many streams going. You know, it's just gonna be a lot tomorrow. So our pacing's a little off right now. The weather is a bummer. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm adopting a tour player's mindset this week. You know, can't do anything about the weather. You know, we're just uh, we're going to be ready to go when the time is right. Uh, time hasn't been right so far. So, you know, we're just going to nail. We're going to get something to eat, you know, uh, stay loose, maybe stretch, see what the team's got going on. Maybe do a crossword puzzle, uh, you know, things like that. Just just uh, keep the brain occupied. And I think when it's time to go, we'll we'll be ready. I think tomorrow's going to be a hell of a day. So as we're sitting here, uh, the leaders are on the seventh green. It is a is it a two man race. Let's just start with that. Is it is Brooks Kepka or John Rahm going to win the Masters? Uh, I would say yes, and I think it is specifically because they they have they've almost been crowned by not having to play as much in this weather. Yeah, I think when the horn Brooks blew, has not had to play much in this weather. <laughs> well, yeah, but both. I mean, just for both of them, it, they just have so much more room to run if they come out tomorrow and the course is a little bit you know friendlier. I don't know. What, what to call it, but uh, a lot of the guys on the course right now are, are absolutely battling, and it's not going not going real well. Yeah, I, I think as soon as the horn blew, it became a two-man race. I think if they would have stayed out there this afternoon for another six, seven holes, obviously they couldn't do that with the way the greens were pooling up and all of that, but if they would have stayed out there, I think, you know, there's the, the potential for disaster 
maybe you catch one of those slippery drivers and you hit it in a bad spot and you wedge out poorly and you make a triple somewhere, but really good weather tomorrow. I mean, I, I don't see either of those guys going out and shooting 78, you know? There's one professional golfer within eight shots of Brooks Kepka right now. And like, granted, he's he's got a somewhat lengthy par putt on seven uh, when they come back, and Rom's got a good look at birdie. So we could be looking at a two-shot swing. Uh, right, let's call it a three-shot lead now, uh, as of right now, just as, just based on where they're putting from. Um, and as again, I, I I feel like I've clarified this eight times. Like I don't feel like I'm rooting against Brooks, but I am rooting for like a great showdown. And as somebody like kind of rooting for Brooks to come a little bit backwards, so we get this duel and we don't get a runaway. I mean, just none of that's happening. Like, it's not happening at all when you watch him play golf. Like, he drives one way right on five, hits the perfect, sensible shot to the front of the green, cleans up an easy two-putt par. It's just all easy two-putt pars. Birdie's the second hole. I've said this, like, on every night this week. Like, dude, it's going to be two different tournaments. It's going to be the nice, sunny tournament, and then it's going to be the shit show. And who knows how well he's going to handle it. Not saying he couldn't handle it, but it's just going to be a totally different variable. And he came out and looked the exact same he has looked through two days, and it's still pretty scary. He looked phenomenal today, and and I'm I'm with you. I think we can talk a lot more Brooks kind of as the show goes on here. But I, I'm uh, saw so there's got to be part of you that's rooting for a six shot lead, right? I mean, I know there's going to be, <laughs> I know there's going to be a lot of fifty four hole jokes. I'm going to be Andre the Giant. Please, no, no, no more fifty four hole jokes. I can't do it. Uh, but the the one live thing I am I am kind of here for is is the six shot lead fifty four hole lead at the Masters, and uh, you know, come what may, because that is extremely poetic. It was more the same uh, from what Harry Higgs was talking about last night. Very patient golf from Brooks through six and a half, almost seven holes. It, it looks really, really patient. Um, Rom, just, you know, I don't, I don't know what to take away from this. Other than that was some really, really shitty weather and some very difficult conditions to play golf in. Uh, again, something we talked about going all the way back to the preview show, no flexibility in the tee boxes, made a lot of these holes play really, really freaking long today. In the morning round, uh, finishing up of round two, we saw tons of dudes hitting lumber up into the 18th green, guys hitting drivers 237 yards uh, up into the wind, uphill, and in the full shit of the rainstorm on 18. We saw Morikawa hit, I don't know what the wood he's hitting into, and into the par three fourth. He hit wood into the fifth green today as well, just completely flipped golf course. And uh, as someone who struggles in, and is not a mutter and struggles in rainy conditions, I cannot imagine playing that golf course at 7,500 yards in those conditions. Can I ask you guys a question? We, we you know, Please. lamented the weather earlier for, for me for the delay. What was a, the biggest bummer was I was pretty fascinated by the actual golf, though. Like, if it had just rained a little bit less, but it had rained all day, I am locked in on this tournament. Do you guys feel the same way, or is the rain no fun to watch for you? I thought it was great watching that last group when we could watch them. And part of the disaster of today was not being able to watch them outside of, you know, sitting on your laptop or on your TV, you know, smart TV app or whatever for those first six holes was like, you know, it, it was fantastic, especially once Brooks started getting the like the slippery club face and he blew that one way right on five. And I mean, there's just so many more variables, but he just like you said, nearly just stayed locked in and was like looked methodical and looked patient and still did that all, all that same stuff. I would have loved to see how long that was going to last because I have a feeling it probably would have lasted all day. I mean, he, he's looked 
fucking awesome. Well, it was wild watching. I don't know if you guys saw Cameron Young seventh hole and some of the other shots that were happening. I mean, Cameron Young hit like a 160 yard drive off seven, just absolute duck hook into the trees, and like some stuff was starting to happen out there. Dustin Johnson made a triple. Spieth made a million on five after driving it over into the trees. Like there was some weird shit happening to a lot of groups, except for that final group and that final uh, those two guys at the top. God, can I? And I I know you guys are big on apologies. I'd I'd like to apologize uh, for some of my Morikawa takes earlier in the week. He looked awesome today. He was hitting laser beams with the with that five wood, seven wood, whatever that thing was, and uh, it, it was much better than I thought it was going to be. So I don't know how long it would have lasted, but gotta gotta call that one out. So is he no longer the dome golfer, or is it too early to say? I didn't say that. I just we call him like we see him today, and we'll look at the body of evidence when we get back to HQ. I I, I don't want to. Oh, oh speaking of good dome, morning, dome golfers, <laughs> hello Kevin. He's muted. Don't tell him. <laughs> don't tell him. Uh, hello, lads. I, yeah, I was inhibited in the deep in the dome. Uh, thank you for bringing me on. Uh, yeah, it was tough out there. Really, really tough. Really tough. Um, I, I will say Morikawa did bogey the last two holes he played. I mean, he was looking like, all right, there's going to be a serious threat coming in here, but he did make, uh, unfortunately, couldn't get in before the weather hit. He bogeyed the sixth hole and also bogeyed the seventh hole. So he is sitting at five under par. Uh, guys, I did not have Patrick Cantlay, the tool man, being a total mutter uh, and rising up the leaderboard. He birdied the second hole, birdied the third hole, birdied the fourth hole, and he is sitting at five under par. He is through 13 holes. He was in the thick of it for the most of the for almost the entire day, and uh, he is the dude sitting in a tie for fourth right now. Did not have that in my in my cards. I mean, he's, he's projecting uh, a vibe of calmness, right? With uh, maybe not in some of the stuff he says, but the way his demeanor on the course. So, I wouldn't say it surprises me a ton, but he, he seems to. Uh, the, 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 I guess the surprising thing is we've said this in the past. He does really well on in birdie fest events when it's like go out and get it, go make a million birdies, and that is not what we were seeing today. So I'm impressed with his play for sure. So we have uh, some breaking news coming in that the th- uh, from the Masters they're updating the third ra- round will resume Sunday at 8:30 a.m. CBS will air live coverage beginning at 8:30 a.m. through the conclusion of the third round. Uh, the final round is expected to begin at 12:30 p.m. off numbers one and ten in pairings. Uh, Come back on at 5 p.m. The live broadcast will remain 2 to 7 p.m. on CBS as originally scheduled. So if I'm reading that right, we have an hour and a half of coverage of the final round that will not be live on television. But I'm guessing the final pairing is probably going off uh, number one sometime around 2 p.m. when coverage comes on tomorrow. So, Okay. how are we and it's, it's three. It's going to be uh, threesomes to finish the round, obviously, and then twosomes after that. No, I think How it's three we... all the way. It's going to be three. three if you're three going in off the final round as well, if you're going off two tees, you're playing threesomes. Uh, okay, that's that's a, a general rule, I would say. But uh, tough scene today with coverage. You got to say um, it. It has been a week of just overloading. Like a sensory, uh, well, sensory blitzkrieg, as Brandel Shambly has said, <laughs> uh, said multiple times on, on TV of trying to like watch golf on masters.com. Like it's an insane offering what they're able to bring you. And I, it really does seem like a, a, I, a, a flip that I can't really understand or um, explain as to why on Saturday they decided like, hey, feature groups, like we're going to put 
you know, Tiger's in the last group off 10T. We're going to put him in feature groups, but we're not going to put Kepka and Ron, the two leaders in the tournament, on feature groups. And there was nowhere to watch them play golf the first three holes until they got to the holes forced through six feet. Uh, it turns out CBS was taping uh, and commenting live as this play was going on and planning to play this during the broadcast window after when the rain, rain delay hit, I guess, which is just another tough, tough scene. It's just all these incredible steps forward that Augusta has taken with the Masters in terms of coverage and it just seems like one really random middle finger that I don't understand. I don't think I understand the purpose of this. Can somebody else help me uh, understand this or explain to the audience? Just felt like a really bad throwback to like the mid-90s where none of us knew what the front nine looked like and there was no real good explanation for it and it was just a mystery. I can't really tell you. There were, I had people in my mentions demanding that I go knock on Ridley's door. I demand answers. I probably won't do that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, thanks for the, the, the uh, prompt. I, I will say not to be, you know, just a, a nihilist about all this stuff, but they do this like every time. <laughs> I mean, they do this every year. Like they, this was actually like a pretty big step forward in the featured groups. I think Tiger last year was kind of the first time where it was just like, okay, the feature group everybody wants to watch, we're actually going to put that one on. Otherwise, it is just like so overly clever and so just like we're actually going to – we're we're just going to be a little more reserved in our featured groups. Like they do this stupid withholding stuff all the time. And uh, so I don't know. Maybe I was just a little more prepared for it this year. I, I guess I just still don't understand why, though. Like that's that's the, sure. that's the no, problem. Like you. almost everything I can explain – I'm guessing there's something to do with, you know, they knew there was going to be a delay – and I'm sure that these commercial slots for this, what's airing right now as we're talking, were sold for a gajillion dollars a long time ago. And, uh, you know, they needed a can footage to be able to run the commercial. I'm sure it has something to do with contracts, like, a, like it always does. But, man, that was pretty frustrating today. And, uh, of course, 15 minutes into the live telecast coming on the air, the horn blows, and we're done for the day. And it's just, it's tough. It's really, really I tough. I also, to that point, I would love it if they could expand the th- – Four, five, and six feed. It's four, five, and six, or is it three, four, and five? It's four, five, four, and five, six. Four, five, and six. Thank you. Show me three for sure. Like, yeah. what are we doing? Like, I think it's three, four, and five would be the holes to show. Six is, you know, those two par threes. That I think four is more interesting than six, personally. Uh, but I would love to see every shot hit on number three. That would be totally fine with me, and maybe help in this situation of. Obviously, I want to see the leaders from the start, but. Like, give them to me a little earlier in the round. Two is, like, one of the best holes in the golf course, too. I think I love watching dudes hit pretty Same. much every shot on the second hole. I love all the different pins on that hole. And it's, um, you know, obviously they're heavily featured in the feature group coverage. But it's, um, yeah, maybe just if they could add one more channel. Add one for one, two, and three. I think people would watch the shit out of that as well. But um, I don't know. Again, I'm like, they give us the best offering of coverage that any tournament gives us. So I don't enjoy the part where we have to critique it. But like some of the most obvious stuff they miss is like what makes it so incredibly frustrating. So it's really well, they kind of dig their own grave a little bit because, you know, they <laughs> they got every shot 30 seconds later. So, it, you know, we know it's behind the curtain somewhere, which is it is a little baffling. It's really funny to go back and read newspaper articles of like the mid 90s that talk about like why don't they show the front nine? And it's like the tournament chairman was like, well, we worry it'll affect the crowds, uh, you know, that the crowd, the people won't come in the first round. You know, when you, if they are able to see the front nine, we'd like to 
have the full uh, field filled out with the, the patrons. That's big uh, MLB blackout uh, <laughs> energy. We got a high-powered TV executive ready to come on and talk about this if, if we want to bring him on. Yeah, let's do that. He may be able to answer some of, some of these questions. Our man, he's got the <laughs> – he's shaking his head already behind the scenes. He has got the peepaw angle going already. Mr. Scott Van Pelt from ESPN. What is up, SVP? How are you, man? I don't want to hear about the peepaw angle. I got this thing set. It's on a table. I'm sit. It's static. I'm not holding it in my hand. This is as good as it's going to get. So you either it's either good enough or it's not. It looks great. Is what this is, in Butler Cabin? It is not. Okay. okay. God, I would have said live from Butler Cabin would have been a, a, a nice entry for us. That might have got us in trouble. Are you allowed to go live from Butler Cabin? What What are your restrictions for the week? I don't know. I I I, uh, I ha- I've never thought about that. I mean, we go live at three o'clock on ESPN, at eight o'clock this morning on ESPN. Um, but I, I don't know. I wanted okay. to. I wanted to. to, to I was going to tweet out the the that's what's going on at Augusta from the Butler cabin, but I was afraid the universe would implode if I did that. So I, don't, I just don't want to. I don't want to mess with it, man. I don't want to mess with it. Ask for 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 forgiveness, not permission, Scotty. What? A really subtle sign-off to an interview with that would be really nice. I've and done Jim, that, that a few that's times. I've said that, and that's what's going on. <laughs> I figure those that know, know. Can we ask, you uh, You interviewed Brooks Kepka after the round yesterday, and you, you asked him what he hit into 15. Was that an intentional little question mark there at the end of that? Everybody loved that, and I asked him, what'd you hit on eight? Because yeah. I wanted to know the club. And I asked, what'd you hit on 15? And everyone's like, you know... Golf Twitter's the best. Is it? Very petty. Everything's an inside joke. I just asked the club, and then as soon as I said it, I'm like, "Oh shit!" And but he answered. So, <laughs> what did you fine. make of that I'm situation? Like, oh. Not to. I hate to bring this up for third night in a row. What did you make of that whole situation? Nothing. I it the, it's the angle of the camera. Okay. Well, first of all, let me back up. Everybody does it all all year long. Right, not necessarily verbally, but well, there's it, a lot of that going on. Looking in bags, we've we've talked a lot about that the last couple of weeks. And yeah. there's spotters out there, and you, if the spotter wants to know, and you're giving the information so that whoever could have been with the group is like, is it a five? Like I, 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 look, and I know that there are purists out there that that are just are they get mad, but they get mad about everything. I just, and I know what like Woody's a buddy of mine. I'm like, I said, hey, would you guys stop freaking cheating? And he's like. If he would have told me it was a five, I'd have hit a six and I'd have been in the water. I, I, I truly think it was innocuous. If people want to make something of it, which they will because that's what they do, I don't. I don't. That's me. Here, move on, guys. Stop bringing this up, okay? I mean, you, you hear it right here, all right? Gotta stop it, asking people I'm about this. I'm just telling you what happened as, as I understand it. Um, it it had whiffs for me of, of where did it cross Twitter, which I'm, I'm always going to unsubscribe from, from the where did it cross conversation. I, just take that away. Let's just keep going with the golf tournament. What well, do you should we talk about tree Twitter? Because I, <laughs> I know I have a lot of thoughts about tree Twitter. Let's not talk about Twitter at all. Okay. What, uh, what do you do in a rain delay like this? And is this a, you got to have some experience with this at Augusta. I mean, this day is, this day is a kind of a one-off. I mean, just in terms of we, we start the day in the butler cabin on a saturday which is an extra day of for us because we're first second round but that was second round was continuing and then i mean it's 40 something degrees and it's pouring i can't remember a day that felt like this like i've I've been here where it's raining i've been here where it's cold i don't remember a day that was this combination of it and it's just puking rain for hours um 
but I mean, like now it's, I, I'm sort of, I'm left with not a great deal to do, which is fine. Um, so we're going to find the seamy underbelly of Augusta and just get really weird. Why so not? Our benefit here, everyone's benefit here that you don't have much to do. But if you're, I don't know if you, got, you caught the clip of Tiger limping in 17 fairway before yeah. the horn blew. If you're Tiger Woods right now, what, what, what are you doing? Is he going to come back tomorrow and, and why? I, I've thought about this a bunch since I saw it. Like, it, it's just how odd is it that, that he he keeps grinding his butt off to make the cut and getting the reward is like at Tulsa. What was the reward? Oh, hey, it's 50 and raining. Yeah. Have fun. You know, you've got a fused back and a broken foot and a, a ankle or leg and all the rest of this. I mean, it's I if he if he were to say to Augusta National, look, I've I've fought the good fight this week. It, it's I'm I can't 27 tomorrow or 20 whatever it would be. I'm good. Y'all good. I'm good. I, you, you're a five time champ. Like what are they? I, I can't imagine they'd be upset with him if he were to say no mas. And at the same time, because of the reverence he has for the event, if he were to come try to finish, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I just don't know what, for, for what. You know, you've got nothing to prove to anyone. Um, and I just don't know. I don't know why you do it. I don't know why you do it. I mean, for the people that didn't see it, it was it was not a limp we've seen from him in anything since he's returned. I mean, it was like could barely put any weight in, on it. And that's it was right before the horn blew. I don't know if he was even going to finish 17. And I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if the the delay helps him at all or maybe he'll feel better tomorrow. But I I don't see any reason to go do it. Now. Here's the thing I'd say. And, and only he knows. Right, fellas. Only he knows what is it he went through to even be out there this morning to finish and then to to make it and then what what was he going through physically and then what what's required to be out there first thing tomorrow i mean only he knows that and again if he were to say i i, I can't go i don't know who'd hold that against him what do you make of uh of what we've seen out of brooks kepka I, I i don't feel bad at all for not having seen this coming i don't i don't uh I, i'm not kicking myself at all for for not having him in any of my picks but he uh i keep thinking like all right well in different conditions this might look a little differently he looked the exact same coming out today do you think yeah. we're looking at you think we're looking at a green jacket for brooks kepka there's an there's a real interesting sequence coming on seven tomorrow morning i mean rob's got a putt and for birdie and and brooks has a cut a putt for par if i'm not mistaken i mean if if rom hoops his and brooks misses him i mean you get a real quick two-shot swing but I mean, based on how Brooks has played, it doesn't feel like he's going to wobble. I, I actually, I actually, guys, I liked him pre pre tournament, and like people say, who do you like? I said Xander, but when they'd say, well, who else? I kept saying Kepka, and it was all health related. And when I spoke to him yesterday, I asked him to just sort of describe what is it you can do to the to the ceiling of your talents that you couldn't do to injury. And he was he said he was doing just like a stack and tilt because he just couldn't get to his right side. And it was just he was just sort of BSing his way around the golf course. And by that, I just mean not putting his best effort into it. But he just didn't have his he didn't have the physical ability to, to, to swing at it correctly. He told Michael Eaves afterwards in round one, basically just flushing the last two years. So um, he played well here. That's always my great. I don't care if you played well in the past I, or like the last couple of weeks. I care. Have you played well here? He just happened to have played well recently and has played well here and he was healthy. So. 
I mean, look, you guys know as well as anybody on the big stage and the biggest events that gets as full as attention. And you typically get the best Brooke version of Brooks Kepka. Um, and I mean, look, him and Rom in the arena, if it's those two, if, if they, awesome. you know, I know how much you love the match play bit, but I mean, <laughs> if that's what it is, if that's what it essentially becomes, who's who's bummed out about that? Nobody. Scott, I followed uh, Phil a little bit this week. I know Brooks doesn't really surprise you. He didn't surprise me either. I thought he'd play well. But how about Phil? What do you think about what the, what's Phil's If doing? you say that you had him in your picks, yeah. I will not believe that part. <laughs> I did it was not. a no-brainer for Group D. <laughs> I, I did had not. Phil. I did not. Um, not, not close. Um, I saw him. We chatted for a while. I was just I was eyeballing him, just looking at this version of Phil. It was just so surreal. It's like he looks like bones. It's, yeah, it's, it's, does. But did I see this coming? Absolutely not. And all credit to him. But I mean, look at Freddie. I mean, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I think there's a there's a list of people. Phil's on it. Couples is on it. For the longest time, Bernhard Longer was on it. Although maybe that's not the best example because he just he'll win until he's a hundred. Yeah. But there's certain guys that it really doesn't matter what form they're in. They walk in here, and if they play well, you just go, well, yeah, that's just sort of what they do. But all credit to Phil. I mean, he's put himself in the mix. I mean, well, he was six at one point today. Um, or was it seven? Whatever it was, it was, it was, it's, it was close. I mean, it's as close as anybody kind of not in that Rom Kepka group. But it's, it's totally left field. No, I, I absolutely didn't see that at all. When you say this version of Phil, I think of this tweet that uh, I, I don't know who this gentleman is, but he tweeted a couple weeks ago of of Phil say looks like a uh, an XFL coach about to explain a thirty nine to seven loss, and I, I sometimes well, I mean it's a lo- well it's like right because like an XFL like those logos you like I don't know are those the battle cats I don't know who it is yeah. like I don't know I mean I'm sorry I don't I'm not super dialed into what the live logos are yeah there you go yeah yeah. Put it out there. We back up. You guys tweeted that today, didn't you? Yeah. I, I put my own twist on that one, but that photo of him at that press conference is just freaking yeah. perfect. I love it. So Scott, as a, uh, as just as a purely as a fan, you think the live stuff makes Brooks more interesting or less interesting coming into Brooks? His? Yeah. I think from this, from this, from this standpoint, it's what, what's, what will they do with it? I mean, like Greg, Greg suggested that, that all the guys were going to, be here to like storm the green or something i mean he didn't say that but i mean that was what he suggested like i mean remember when tiger won in 19 I, that that outpouring of of respect you saw was totally organic you know people just waited just to reach out and and, and, and show the guy the love um i i don't know what would happen from from like post immediate post match but i mean look it's an undeniable feather in their cap to have um one of theirs when one of the biggest events in the world and um and and it would be it would just be huge moving forward simply because the health a healthy brooks kepka on you know u.s open stage or oak hill and then la and then open championship i mean it would it would totally change how we see him and would remind everyone that for that 18 month stretch of golf no one in the world was close mm-hmm. i think i and, and I mean, for, I mean, for me, frankly, the whole tour versus tour thing, I find not interesting. Uh, and I said as much prior to. I think, I mean, Cam Smith's here. Great to see him play. Phil's playing well. Great to see him play. I, I just like seeing everyone play against one another. Yeah. But play to his best of abilities, Brooks Kepka. that's awesome for the game of golf. 
Guys, Scott, I, I wanted to make sure that we could have an ESPN reunion here. That was my one uh, wish. That uh, so, so we're going to bring in another one of uh, our, our old friends here uh, to join us here. There he is. Hey, Mr. Wright Thompson, welcome to the show. How are you, man? Man, I'm great. We felt bad. We had you sitting in the bullpen for way too long. You know, you, you're getting too many reps in the bullpen that your arms going to get a little tired in there as you're warming well, up. Well, well, you know, it's just a pleasure to be in the kill house. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what, what's your Augusta week been like? Uh, it's been really good, man. We uh, last night uh, we had made carbonara. Uh, the night before that, we had steaks, uh, really big ones like bread-fed from Western Georgia. Uh, what else do we do? Uh, we've had a really good week. Had a good week. Uh, There's a golf tournament also that happened, uh, so we've been doing that. Partial and, golf uh, tournament. You know, yeah, partial golf tournament, and you know. Watching Tiger Woods, uh, uh, I mean, like, I don't know, it makes me actually kind of emotional, just that, like, I find it as interesting and impressive as him going out and destroying fields. What, Brett, uh, what, did, you, what did you see this morning from, uh, from Tiger? I know you were up pretty early. You were uh, sort of seeing, you know, Tiger grind a little bit on the range. You know, you, Van Pelt was probably the only other guy who was up as early as you this morning. Uh, <laughs> What uh, what was the, the genesis of your story this morning? Uh, you know, I, it's just a tiger. Uh, I got a text from somebody who was at Augusta National who was just like, Tiger Woods just pulled up and he is the only player here. And I was like, oh, my God. And so, like, I just find it interesting that that he is working this hard to be – a diminished version of himself and you know it always felt to me that like if you go back and read all the transcripts i did that big story on tiger a couple of years ago and i went and read all of the transcripts and the number of times he talked about nicholas's record without it being asked is actually very very small hmm. uh like that it was almost always in response to a question yeah. and uh and it's kind of hard and finding there are only a couple of times on the record where he would even acknowledge it, really. And then, so it has always seemed like there was something very private going on in public. You're nodding, Scott. What, what's your reaction to that? No, I, I think, I, as you know, I think, uh, I mean, I agree with Wright. I, and, but I, I can recall vividly Wright being the one that, that was pressing him on the, on the topic. And I, I was asking like 100 wins or, or 19, and it was like 19. And I said, you know, I forget it. I got to 19 or something else. And he just, he would, he would, this is prior to any real injury. And, and that was when, you know, that number still was the finish line. Um, but it was only in response to me pressing that just because I wanted to, to know it. I, I personally feel that that number went away. And for him, what, what became the finish line was Sam and Charlie seeing it once. And so I felt yeah, like I, I feel like 19 when he, you know, he got to hug the children in the spot where he hugged the parents. To me, that became circle of life. And right. I just finished reading your story about circle of life in a very different way. And and I agree. I'm, I'm as impressed as you are at the will to grind it out. Um, it's not anonymity, um, but he's DFL. He's DFL right now, you know. Um, and. You know, that's that's he's been number one more than most. But I, I'm with you. I, I there's something that's almost noble about the fight, isn't it? 
I feel like Scott and you and Wright have been what thinking is, is that, you know, go ahead, Wright. No, you go. I feel like the two of you have been thinking and talking about Tiger Woods for as long as anybody I know. I'm curious to sort of, if you see a more vulnerable Tiger Woods, someone who's willing to sort of share a little bit more, open up a little bit about their, their process, their family, their, th there's a lot of things that I think we're seeing more of Tiger. And I'm curious to your perspective, Scott, you're, you're maybe a little skeptical. I think yes and no. I mean, I, I've known him a long time. Um, and, you know, there's things that are private that, that, that aren't anyone's business, really. But just I, I, I believe I believe in what that moment that you saw with Charlie uh, was, you know, I really believe in the power of what that what that was for him. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you're asking, is he willing to share that? Well, yeah, you saw it and you he didn't hide what it meant. But if you're asking, is he going to sit down and really explain to you? No, I don't. I don't think that. You know, there's been, his his has been largely you know the screen door conversation, right? Um, you knock mm -hmm. on the door, he'll open it, but you're still having that combo through the screen door. Is he asking you to come down, come sit down in the living room and really talk? Probably not. Um, yeah. But there, the, but there are glimpses of more, yes, undeniably. And there's a there's a more vulnerable man, yes. But I mean. Is he to, to share those in depth? No, nah, I don't really, I don't think so. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know him at all, you know and I mean? I think that's an interesting uh, dichotomy and, you know, I guess here's what I think. I, I think that, that because injuries and scandal and all of these things that the person in front of you is much closer to the actual person that he is than maybe the person who was at a podium in 2005 was no doubt. And that, you know, he's not a hero or a villain. He's just a guy with a real personal life, likes to spend time with his kids and loves the solitude of a craft and likes to try to be really good at it. And uh, that is its own reward in a way. And I just feel like it, I don't know if you sense that, I think, Possible explanation for why is that he's much closer to the drive-by truckers here at KVV. There's ain't much difference in the man I want to be and the man that I really I am. am. <laughs> I feel like there's some of that going on. Mm -hmm. I'd say this. I'd say this. No, no one's more gifted. No one is more gifted than my friend Wright Thompson um, at, at the essence of, of, of what is in terms of, you know, um, writing about an athlete. And I, I, I think what you just said is, is entirely accurate. The, the, the really fascinating part, and that word's overused, but I think it's, act, to me, it's fascinating, is being the man who lives inside the body that used to do the other thing, that now yes. can only do this. That's fascinating. And then the why. The why is the real, that's the crux of it all. Hmm. I love it. Well, we're going to let you, we could talk to you guys uh, all night long about Tiger Woods, but we know you guys uh, have th th things to do as well. So we really appreciate you both, Scott and Wright, for jumping on and uh, helping us helping us get through this rain delay, and we hope we're in for an epic finale to the uh, 2023 Masters. So uh, go ahead, Wright. Thank you, boys. Do, do, you want to see what, do you want to see what's on our stove right now? Yes. I do, if your connection will allow it, because it's... <laughs> 
You got Wright like, lives such a more, a more interesting Augusta existence than I do. It's just he, he's he's an absolute bomb vivant. I love it. SVP, you're talking about the underbelly of Augusta. I mean, I feel like you got to oh, no, sync up with real Wright. Weird, bro. Yeah, Scott, I'll text you the address. So you can there we go. Yeah, love it. He's for the podcast listeners. Wright is showing some. It's Italian night at the house where uh, Wright welcomes all people, and uh, it is it is excellent looking. Some carbonara, I know. Uh, lots of good stuff. So, all right. Well, thank you to both. Thank you to Wright, especially for uh, testing testing the Wi-Fi limits of your uh, of your B and B there in Augusta. So, thanks to you both, SVP. Appreciate it as always. We'll see you guys soon. Take care. You're the best, hey guys. Boy, guys. Thank you. Thank you. See you, brother. All right. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Roback Activewear. You guys are all extremely familiar with it, especially if you're watching on video because you can see us wearing it right here, right now. This is the Azalea Collection. Uh, DJ Pye and I had to do a little, he had to do a little swap because we showed up for the, for tonight's show wearing the same shirt. Unfortunately, these but guys the collections so big, it's so big. It's we enormous. Just, easy swap. I didn't think I could pull off something like this. I kind of think it's working for me. My wife even com- uh, complimented me on it today. The Azalea Collection is restocked. You're not going to want to miss it. The polos are just fantastic. They're moisture wicking. They're perfect for a nice warm day like we're having here in Jack's or even a cool day. The collar is nice and crisp. The performance quarter zips that you'll see on KVV and Neil right now, they're a game changer. They're great for a nice morning of spring golf. They are soft, stretchy, and comfortable. You'll see us in these all the time. And lastly, of course, the performance hoodies i'm proud of us guys we're a rowback night without any hoodies on that's kind of a a rarity but i'm pretty much wearing one of these every single day they're the softest hoodies and golf uh we cannot take them off you can wear them multiple times before you have to wash them they're gaining traction big time uh so go to the rowback.com r-h-o-b-a-c-k.com use code nlu for a generous 20 percent off your first order that's 20 percent off polos q-zips hoodies and more with code nlu and again check out the azalea collection thanks to them for sending us a nice fresh hot Hot batch. Um, guy. <laughs> hot batch. Hot, hot batch. batch of a barrel. Baby. <laughs> it is a fresh Steaming. hot batch. Um, some other happenings from today. Guys, uh, got to admit I was feeling it a little bit for JT. Um, he surprisingly did a walk and talk on the 14th hole. Um, you know, in a lot of conditions that kind of calmed down a little bit at that point. But, um, you know, he referenced having a lot of golf left to play on that day. And uh, it did not go well for him after that. And, um, it was it was a, a great segment. I'm really glad they did it. I, I'm wondering kind of what his reaction to that's going to be after uh, after what happened after it and, and missing the cut by one. But uh, him falling backwards got Tiger inside the cut line, which again, as we've asserted, was maybe not the best possible thing. Could, could have been a lose lose. Yeah, that was. Well, it's a, we talked about it last night. Uh, when is one of these walk and talks going to go poorly? It didn't really go poorly, but on the rewatch, JT said something that was like on the rewatch was like oof, oof levels were high. He's drinking his protein shake. Like, is that your breakfast there? And he's like, yeah, just protein. I'm in for a long day. And I was like, oof. <laughs> I don't know. On the rewatch, I don't know if we're in for a long day. You might be going home early. So I I, I hope that doesn't discourage JT from doing that again. Um, but it would it didn't go well after that walk and talk for him. So, you know, that's the first time I can think of a player maybe walking off the course saying, I don't want to do that anymore. That threw me out of my out of my rhythm. Even though, like on that hole, he he hit a good approach, and then he took the earpiece out and didn't have it on the green. And I want to be clear. I don't want to. I don't want to give him. That's we're not explaining away what happened after that. It's strictly because of of the walk and talk. Right? He might. He you know that may have messed up the flow a little bit or whatnot. But it, it's an I'm easy not, correlation. But we're not. But I yeah. could see the golfer, sure. not just JT, any of these guys being like, man, personally saying 
like that could be something that they say like I don't I don't want to do it I don't like that it threw me out of my rhythm yeah yeah I, I, yeah I don't know why I, we I did know. it at the Masters <laughs> you know it's kind of like it, it might just be a step too far I I enjoy it but it's just surprising to me that 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 uh, that players are again I think players need to be working harder at making PGA Tour golf more entertaining and should be doing that. I don't know if the Masters need, it's still additive for the Masters, but it's also kind of like, dude, this is this is different. This is not just like an entertainment product. This is a very very serious golf competition. I, I don't know. I'll take it. At the oh, Masters. I'll take it. Like, I'll take man. it. I just think that was a. I don't think fourteen was a good spot for it. I mean, I feel like earlier in the round is. A, I'm gonna like, guess there's some horse trading going on as far as like. Yeah, I don't really want to do it on thirteen because like there's a lot to discuss. No, I'm talking more like seven, eight, sure, not, like before, end of the front nine. Somewhere yeah. in there, it just feels like late in the back nine is a tough spot to, you know, walk up and be like, hey, you put this AirPod in. There's got to be a reason Max did it on 14 and JT did it. I'm guessing That's that was I'm probably saying, yeah. like, you know. I still found it very interesting that they're, you know, I don't know if 8-iron gets 150. If I can hit an 8-iron 159 now, like I looked it up, his carry distance is 172 uh, with an 8-iron, and he doesn't think he can get one 159 with it. It was just a, that was like a put me in the zone in terms of what the conditions actually were. And um, again, it's not the sexiest stuff, but it's just super engaging for them to try to figure out where they're trying to hit the ball and all that. So I enjoy it. I'm just like kind of very, I'd, I'd be absolutely stunned if somebody did it in the final round of, uh, <laughs> of the masters tomorrow. Not, I, not only I would like to talk. see, I would like to see JT get double points in the pip for doing that. You know, yeah. so it doesn't feel like he's been burned by the situation. <laughs> the look yeah. on his face on 18 green, man. I don't remember ever seeing that on his face. He just looked like he was ready to cry. Just like couldn't stop shaking his head. Bogey the last two holes to miss the cut. I know that, that that's just got to be it. That that looked pretty gut wrenching to uh, to have missed it that way. Disappointing week for him, I'm sure. Uh, it does. Oh, I know he 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 complains about this a lot. It does seem like he gets the bad draw a lot. It, it really does. He did the PGA last year and still managed to win it. But um, yeah, that was that was not a fun part of the day. I keep coming back to Kevin. What you said in the in the preview about JT maybe not being a hundred percent. Right. And yeah. and I could see like a week like this, it's it's almost a little tiny bit analogous, maybe to some of the stuff we saw from Brooks over the last couple of years. But when you're already if he is playing, you know, not quite at full strength, which I don't yeah. know if we have like confirmation on that or not. But when when that's a factor and you start making these mistakes and the weather's bad and the mic'd up, like I, I just see all those things like compounding and compounding and compounding and you know, you just end up walking off 18 green being like, man, I, I really, I don't think it's so many shots at this. And I just completely blew one, um, which is yeah. brutal. I mean, I, I feel pretty confident in our sort of uh, the, the information there about it. Uh, I think that, you know, he's trying to sort of fight through it. There's always every single like person who gets injured is like, has a choice between, do you want to sit out for six months or a year? Or do you want to kind of try to rehab it and play at the same time? And I think he's going through some of that right now. And, you know, for, all we know like might end up being the right decision like i, I think jt at 80 percent could like win at liverpool could win at oak hill so i, I understand the decision but I, I understand you know matt fitzpatrick is making the same decision right now he's got a bad neck situation and he's trying to fight through it and look at him he's doing all right uh, yeah. this week he's, he's up in the top 15 so he might will, be the ultimate you, mutter will you real. count out jt I mean, now this week kbb i should i should honestly be taking bids for like the people who want me to count them out i, I bet rory is gonna be like <laughs> Dude, Kev, write like, me off. Could, could you write me off, man? Like I, I would I actually <laughs> wrote a thread it. about that today. I was like, maybe the next step for Rory is to like have everybody be like, yeah, dude, you're never going to win this. And so it's just like to stick it to people. He will finally like reset his brain mentally about it. 
I think there's something very real about that. Yeah, I, DJ. I that's a great point. It's like the uh, who was the D lineman for the Jags that used to have the trainer slap him? <laughs> oh God, John Henderson. Henderson. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's like KVV is going to be the trainer. It's like, yo, I want Hell you to hit yeah. me as hard as you can. Okay, <laughs> just just slap me across the face. Give with me Tyler, go. Tyler but with Burton work. situation. Yeah, the dirt yeah. plan. <laughs> well, I mean, Scotty could have used a wake up today because uh, he he didn't really deliver. So. Uh, maybe he had a little been... bit more of a, just, like a meek get... smile on his face, you know, a little bit making room for wow, Deej. Like, mm. huh. wow. wow. Instead, he was a little, uh, a little mo hangdog mopey yesterday. I, I felt like the camera lingered on him looking for that a little bit in the on the front nine. I will say, um, just don't uh, Scotty. Two hundred today was one of the better rounds out there, and has eked his way without without any putter yeah. working into t fourteen. Right. It's not been a there's different levels of no showing and uh, he is still lingering without um, I think it's safe to say lingering. He's not going to win lingering. this golf tournament, but yeah. he could still backdoor a top five. I mean, I could sure. absolutely see that. I totally actually was getting ready to write Scotty off. And right before this, I'd looked at the leaderboard. and I was like, oh, shit. Like, no, now he's fulfilling my movie villain prophecy where he just cannot be killed. <laughs> he's, he keeps rising slowly up the leaderboard. Maybe he's in this. Maybe if the leader four putts the 18th green, he'll he'll be there. Uh, TC is in the chat demanding we talk about uh, Sandy Lyle and Jason Kokrak. <laughs> you want to you want to splash the pot, Solly? Uh, Kokrak uh, came in Hashtag hot. Kokrak. Uh, the most passionate I've ever seen Kokrak about anything. Um, he was playing with Sandy Lyle, who is of course playing in his last Masters. Uh, they got delayed when he had a putt remaining for par. It was going to maybe be his final one or two strokes. Uh, to be played in his master championship history. The tree falls last night and play gets suspended very, very, very shortly after that. Uh, Kokrak had some, some things to say about it. He said, um, you know, to not let the patrons have the patrons let in at eight o'clock to be around that green, damn near unforgivable, he told golf.com. Uh, I think it's the most ridiculous thing. Um, yeah, we sort of were tracking up there by the scoreboard, and I thought any minute now there's going to be a stampede. But yeah, it would have been nice if probably a few more minutes, and I could have uh, could have had the crowd give me a good send off. That's sorry, that part is from Sandy Lyle. Um, and he said, uh, Kokrak <laughs> continued, I think it's absolutely chicken shit that they wouldn't grant a special exemption because they uh, weren't going to blow the horn, except, I mean, I understand there was a freak accident, trees going down. Thankfully, nobody got hurt. I think that should have been something that could have uh, could have been something understood by anybody under the umbrella of Augusta National and the Rules Committee to not have a temporary exemption for something like that. I get that there was lightning in the area, but we weren't going to blow the horn for a few more minutes. Uh, what did it take us to play that hole? Two minutes, maybe. So to not let him tap into one-footer or make the 12-footer, I think they could have done something else. But They seem to have urgency. They seem to not care. So I think it's something that will be lost. Uh, not so much for him. He'll remember it forever. I enjoyed my time with Sandy. Uh, I think he should have been able to finish, especially with the patrons around there. That's what makes this place so great is the golf IQ of the patrons out here or the fans that come out to Augusta because uh, they knew the, uh, what was going on, and I think they wanted to see him make his last putt. And think about the ones that just had the near-death experience. They were probably just like <laughs> living in high death, ready to to really soak in that moment, too. Solid. And they were robbed. That's, that's strike two. I, on that I, end, almost, I almost saw God, but I really wanted to see he's yeah. Lyle putt to make this part but you uh you missed his sign off i think he he signed off the quote with try me <laughs> i thought it was somewhere in there that they should be ashamed of themselves i couldn't find that quote in there but uh yeah to call it absolute chicken shit it was like i think it's kind of the opposite of chicken shit it uh it's kind of like hey man there's a there's a, a actual emergency probably going on here and uh we need to get people off this golf course immediately i don't, I don't think i've heard chicken shit in a quote since uh john tortorella 
when he was the Tampa Bay Lightning's NHL coach. That's that's chicken shit. That's got to stop. There it is. I said this at the moment, and he's not going to get it. Uh, he's not going to get it again. So I think Augusta National and the Rules Committee should be ashamed of themselves. Mm. And I'm really disappointed for him and his family for not to have been able to have that moment. So I, it, it's typical tour pro of like only being able to understand directly what's in front of you and not a big picture at all. And not a, yeah, dude, when there's a weather emergency, like the rule here is that everyone's got to stop play. And there's a reason why you got to get everyone off the grounds. Like we can't have you like playing around on the 18th green and have your big moment. Like, no, we got to go now. Do we want this to happen? Of course not. But uh, yeah, I just thought there could have been a special exemption. I don't know how uh, none of the green jackets hit, hit uh Hashtag Coke Rack with the uh, Stephen A. Smith. So <laughs> let me stop you right there. We don't care. We, we don't, we care. don't <laughs> care. Uh, <laughs> we don't. But I will say to Sandy Lyle's credit, watched him, uh, or maybe it was Larry Mize. I watched tap in this morning. Sandy Lyle's waiting right there for him. <laughs> yeah. They both yeah. like took the bobsled. You know, I think he shot. He missed a bogey putt to shoot 80 80, and they put the bobsled on their shoulder and they walked right up to the clubhouse. It was great. Very cool. Chills. DJ, you know I'm a Sandy Lyle fan. However, I would like to address the issue. You know I'm sensitive about trees falling down. But, however, um, what else is uh, what else happened today? What else are we forgetting here? A uh, little Sam Bennett talk. Amateur. I thought he held up well. He started bogey bogey, but I think he righted the ship. He hit a really good shot into six, the par three, and it felt like he was starting to get some momentum and, and settle himself a little bit. So I don't see him careening down the leaderboard tomorrow, but uh, I, I don't also don't know if he's going to win, but I, I think he deserves a ton of credit for, uh, I feel like after two, it could have gotten out of hand. You bogey two, that's when the wheels can come off pretty quick on the front nine. He was uh, seeing a red coat down there, Neil. The oh, did he hit counter. it? I didn't see I, Unfortunately, I was unable to see it. He, he visited the Delta counter. He was, he, he was checked out. It looked like he had some flight delays. Uh, it just wasn't wasn't a great spot down there. And I, I imagine he doesn't have a ton of status, right, as an amateur. Right. No, he's totally. probably he's a, got all these know, million milers that are in there. He's every a silver year. gold medallion. Right. I think so, he's, yeah, I think he's silver. He, he gets upgraded from like you know maybe Boise to Salt Lake or I something. I think the like homies boarding in Group Two for sure. Yeah. You know, he's he won the special the, exemption down there. It does not say SKY on his boarding pass. No, say no, that. no, we're gonna be. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll call you for Group Four. <laughs> Did you try to get one of those American Express cards that get you like into group four, but it's just not a lot of payoff there. That's, that's the good stuff. TC is adding it. They turned him away from the Sky Club in Terminal B. Guys, um, TC might be loitering. Yeah, we might need to bring him in. If he's, he's we might need to the most, do something about The TC. most involved person in the chat. But uh, I want to check in next with our next partner, which is Athletic Greens. Uh, I've been taking AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave it a try. Uh, I heard great things about it. I needed. I wanted. I, what got me was the line that it's an energy boost with something other than coffee. Now I look forward to. You know, I feel really good when I take something really healthy to start my day. Uh, I'll, you know, mix it with 12 ounces of water, shake it up. It takes two seconds to clean the bottle back out. It is really easy to take. Now, Neil, I know you've been fighting your wife over the AG1 supply that you guys have. Um, I, I'm not much of a morning person, but it's seriously been helping my energy and helping it maintain throughout the course of the day. I'm usually craving a coffee around like 2.30, and I really haven't been uh, this past week. It's a lot more than a greens powder. It's all of your key health products in one. It's got 75 high-quality ingredients. Uh, gives me my daily nutrients and long-term gut health support. It costs less than 3 bucks a day to take. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic, Green Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs 
Jacks with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash NLU. That's athleticgreens.com slash NLU and check it out. Can I tell you, tomorrow? tomorrow's two weeks, no coffee. I think the AG one's a big, a big uh, reason why. Wow. I'm totally with you. Lock step first thing in the morning. It's it's great. You out on coffee for or just trying to check yourself? Uh just caffeine. Well, we can take that to the trap draw, but it's okay. a, it's an interesting conversation. Fair I've been enough. feeling a lot better, sleeping a lot better. Wow, good, yeah. good, good. KV, you got some uh, some topics for us to to kind of wrap up tonight's show. We don't have a lot of golf to react to, so we yeah. uh, go ahead. Look, I want to. I came up with a little game. I thought it'd be kind of fun that we could uh, bounce around uh, some scenarios uh, and some little round table discussion here. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kick us off here. I'm going to go to you, Neil. We're going to go best case scenario for a winner. And I'm going to, I'm going to bounce up to each one of you, but Neil, I'm going to, you just start us off here. Well, I was lockstep with, with SVP. I'm, I'm looking forward to Rom and Kepka in the arena. I think it's a two man. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to like duel in the, not, it's like not duel the mules. Obviously they're not mules, but like, I can't come up with it's something. The opposite of that. It's going to be the opposite of a duel of the mules. Um, and I think ideal think winner is Rom. And I and I really wanted, if, if I could write the script, Brooks continues to play patient golf, doesn't blink, and doesn't get frazzled, and Rom just tracks him down. Almost similar to what he did at uh, Kapalua when he just came charging up to, to beat Colin, and it's just down to the wire. Um, that would be my ideal winner and situation. All right. Deej, let's bounce it to you. Yeah, and first of all, I appreciate the the uh, comment from someone saying I was just talking about having coffee on the show last night. Decaf coffee, guys. I told you, it's, I'm out of caffeine, but wow. we'll take that uh, again. So we'll finally, slam. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Neil, I'm going to take the opposite tact. It's good TV. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to say Brooks is is the most interesting situation. Up now, there. skip, 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 skip. Come on. <laughs> skip, skip, skip. <laughs> and I think that uh, I actually am going to go back to what Wright and SVP were saying as well about, you know, kind of being the guy who once did something and then losing the ability to do that and still being the same guy. And now Brooks is trying to figure out if he can also go back to the first guy, right? And he's trying to figure that out in real time. I tweeted something about this, but I think the full swing stuff the the thing that everybody was kept saying about full swing was like oh it's going to bring all these new people into the game and i think we almost kind of underrated like how much more interesting it could make some players that we were already dying to see more from and brooks is exhibit a of that for me where it's like man i've always thought he was very one-dimensional very boring uh very dickish very performative and he still is a good number of some of those things but i do think there's more going on i think there was a little more vulnerability and i think he's got some more stuff like kind of going on in in his mind and with his confidence and with his you know all kinds of things. and uh i'm like very fascinated to see if he can battle the elements battle the most relentless player in the world battle injuries battle mental demons battle all these things on you know at kind of the most famous golf tournament in certainly america if not the world and uh on, on the biggest stage we have and see if he can do that. So I, I think that would be fascinating if he pulls it off and I'm kind of low key rooting for him. And I think that's going to make, so I guess, sorry to get back to the original question, like what is uh, you know, the best case scenario for a winner? I think he's the guy that is going to be the most interesting for people. Like, I think he's the guy that makes people feel the most. Can, can I, can I rebuttal? Please. Before, so I don't want to cut into your time here, but I, I would say that storyline, I see it. I agree with you. That's compelling. I just think it would be too easy 
If we're talking about adversity, I'd love to see Brooke get right to the precipice and get it yanked away from him by John Rom. <laughs> that to me that is be even better. Yeah. Right. So when we're talking about what is your ideal scenario, it's Brooks seeing seeing the finish line, and you know here comes Mister Freeze, tracking his ass down in the in the uh, truest park outfield. I guess where I always come back to is so I always say this a lot. I know, but like it's very fun to root for history, and watching someone get from four to five is a big fucking deal. Huge. And we're not gonna like realistically, other than Rory, and you know maybe I mean. Spieth, I just had a f- image of him in the trees flash into my head. Uh, I mean, like, very possible that n- nobody from this generation gets to five, right? And it's just, I don't know. When you, you start looking at it like that, it's like Rom getting to two or or Brooks getting to five. Like, what's more interesting? I think it's Brooks. I don't know. I think right, the Sully, best uh, case scenario is kind of what you laid out in there near the end, which is Rom edging out a still... Uh, somebody uh, a a still achieving Brooks Kepka, right? Like still one that's sprinting through the finish line. I don't think it's a win if if he fades, right? Brooks is still one of, if not like the champion of this generation. De- depending on how you fi- define the generation, but like ever since Brooks has gotten involved, Rory has not won any majors. So like more recently, Brooks is the dude of the generation, right? And I again. It, I think people in the tribal nature of everything probably as much, many times as I've tried to explain it, like don't see the nuance in this. And when I say like, I don't root for like the live golfers to fail in any way, but one of the things that has bummed me out about like dudes that have achieved a lot going to live is the fact that it, it either feels like a bailout or it feels like the end of their competitive, you know, golf rain, if you will. And if that's not the case, I will feel better about that. Right. I still won't enjoy the aspects of live and I won't, enjoy what it's done to week to week golf. I don't think that it should be split off into different factions. And I just think it's very silly, but when these guys get together at majors, like Brooks still being an achiever in this generation, like gives me a little bit of hope. Like that's, that's really freaking competitive. That's awesome. I, um, I don't know. I'm intrigued by that storyline, right? And I don't want to see Brooks fail. So I don't know if I... I think I still would be like Brooks fit, sprinting through the finish line and going and run away with it would be not best case scenario, but that's not like doomsday either. Like that's uh, a, a statement return that not a lot of people saw coming. Um, you know, there's al- almost always health that precedes a top player falling off in some way. Rory being the exception, and I don't really know how to explain it, but um, it still felt like, you know... It didn't feel like this was right about to happen. Again, I'm not counting Live Orlando to like say like, oh, we should have seen this this coming. But um, again, it just every day, the next every night on the show, I'm like, yeah, we'll see him do it tomorrow. See him do it tomorrow, and he keeps doing it. And I'd be stunned now at this point if he didn't, you know, end up thir- 14, 15 under by the end of tomorrow. All right. So my scenario, I do not think that Luke that Brooks is particularly like enthusiastic about Live. I think he's sort of a little bit lukewarm. He's sort of like, I had to kind of do this. However, I think the best case scenario for like the fun of the next six months would be if Brooks like won and then just stunted all over one and gave like the Suge Knight like death row speech like, hey y'all, why don't you come on over to join us up with death row? If you want to you want to get keep your money? You want to get tired of Jay Monahan dancing in all the videos? Do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be really sick. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so I think. All you little live trolls out there who love to sort of complain about like how I, you know, I, I don't like the live stuff. I actually think that would be really sick if that happened. And I think there's a decent chance. I don't think Brooks is like that sort of demonstrative about it. Uh, I think he's kind of just like, eh, whatever, live. It's cool. I got my millions, but that would be cool. 
that that seems to not go quite with the uh, the the not even rumors, the very real stories of him asking about his path back to the PGA Tour, yes. and but that would be quite a surprise. But yes. Yes. That's why I think this is so interesting if he goes and wins, right? Is yeah. like if he goes and proves like, man, I am good enough to beat the shit out of the best players in the world. And now I only get to try to prove it four times a year. Maybe that's all he cares about. But like, I really don't think he wants to go. But it was kind of like that Singapore before and all these other events. But it was kind of like that before. Like, yeah, I, but he didn't. He also could make his own schedule and he didn't have to go to fucking cocktail parties to go watch these like Steely Dan looking guys playing these plastic pianos and all these like, you know, and the shrimp cocktail the shrimp. shrimp and all like he doesn't have to do all that <laughs> stuff, which he does now. And he has to wear a fucking uniform for a made up team. Yeah. Like all this stuff is so stupid, and if he goes and wins the Masters, he still has to go do it, and I think that's <laughs> awesome and fascinating. <laughs> and like again, like I, you might not root for it, but like, dude, show me that movie. I want to, I want to see more about yeah. that guy. Like, t- tell me, like, straight up, yes or no, binary question. Like, who makes you feel more stuff when they're on the golf course, Rom or Brooks? Positive or negative? No. I would say by style of play, Rom does. Hmm. Really? Slightly, I find like that's a good question. I feel that is a good question, but Brooks is, I, I think it was, I keep coming back to the word patient. Like when he is the classic front runner and I, it, I kind of find it boring. Like the way that when he's got it going, like it's not super exciting to watch. It's, it's kind of an overpowering middle of the green, pick your spots kind of golf. And I, that's a compliment. You know what I mean? Like I, oh, yeah. I but at the same time, like it, it isn't, like KVV, I don't want to jump ahead here, but like worst case scenario for me is if he runs away and hides, and that's a yeah. that's more of a short term thing. I, I know it'll be accused of like, oh, it's just because he's at live. No, it's because that'll be boring tomorrow. Yeah, because the course won't be gettable and no one can charge, and he's just like almost dangling the carrot and ah, no, can't get there. Like it, yeah. that to me is like long term Deej. I think the the narrative and the you know the storyline and the career arc of Brooks becomes more interesting. But if we're talking about what I want to see tomorrow, like that kind of feels like a snooze fest. Yeah. It's, right, it's an interesting, I, I want to stick on this, sorry, because there's a really interesting yeah. question because I struggled with that in my own head. And I think it's kind of the easy answer is Brooks because he has four majors, right? And four to five for the exact reasons you said. Yet, if I'm, I, I feel somewhat heavily invested in Rom and because I think one, he's going to win the Grand Slam, of course. But two, it's like, I think he's going to win. Pro- like, what do you think Rom ends his career with? If you're sitting here right now, what's the over under? Three and a half majors? Eleven. Okay, eleven. That's, uh, that's I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, three, three and a half would be three great. Three and a half would be a great line. Mm-hmm. I, right? So I think we're on the upswing of that, and I feel like um, I feel invested in that part of the process. Not every golf fan may, but I feel like, uh, uh, you I know. like Lo- Logan Roy. Is three and a half less than five? It's right, KVD. but I, you is know. Three, is three and a half less than less five? Than five? <laughs> uh, it's a good question. Yeah. It's a great question. All right, so let's go reverse snake draft, Solly. Uh, Neil's already thrown out his uh, worst-case scenario. What's your worst-case scenario? Team Rose. Okay. Just move on. I'll, I'll save time. That's what I had as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sort of a massive – how would we get to that massive collapse by uh, the various leaders? Uh, you know, a Rose 65 on so, you know, Sunday. Again, looking at this leaderboard, I think it is a two-man race, but it's just worth noting, like, Rose is two shots out of third place, right? It's There's not a lot of dudes between him and the very top, and I so I'm uh, – 400 – not a lot of the dudes at 400 do I think can win it. I'd, I'd be very, very surprised if Phil won. That might be best-case scenario. If Phil came back and won this, that might be the number one. But uh, only thing – I'm only reason not to rule out, like, Morikawa – 
I, I don't think Hovland's going to win, but I wouldn't rule out Morikawa at 500 par. With He's got 29 holes to go. Uh, Kepka and Rahm have 30 holes to go. Still a lot of golf. If that lead is two or three going into Sunday, obviously that lead has been taken. There's a six-shot lead going to the back nine at this, uh, this tournament that has been erased before, like in 2016. So, uh, look, it's, it's, it's always easy when the leaderboard pauses for a minute to like think to like have your eyes go to the very top and think that's where it's going to come from but again with this much golf to play it uh it, it would not surprise me if someone made a crazy run yeah all right so I, my JDD, my yeah go ahead yeah. well the only thing i'd add is i i looked down the leaderboard but i just didn't think any of those were realistic to even bring up sure i i feel i do feel like it's too much respect race. for the tournament to even bring that up yeah. I, I think that actually a Cantlay uh, charge is like a, a little bit realistic. I think that would be my worst case scenario. Not because I hate Patrick Cantlay, but because I feel like we don't really know anything about Patrick Cantlay and he's never going to give us like any sort of juice. I think Patrick Cantlay is also like a real live candidate. Like he could get the Masters uh, title and be like, well, I'm in the Masters forever. So go, me and uh, Xander are going to live. I think that would be a real boring. Come uh, on, just, get in, Xander. Yeah. Long shot. <laughs> yeah, that's an insane hypothetical you just laid out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I have nothing to support this other than just like you know, totally random. But but I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's my worst case scenario. Like I, Patrick Cantlay to me, just doesn't do. Like, he's a great golfer, and I think that his talent uh, could suddenly like appear on a Sunday and and turn in a 66 when everybody else was stinking but that would be my sort of worst case scenario imagine patrick can like giving like a post-round speech about like yeah it was cool like you know it just kind of hit some good shots and oh man that'd be a tough one to write it would i i still you know the most recent can pod was not i wouldn't call it uh, the most electric interview we've ever done but i still do go like send people back to april 2020 pod we did with him which was like Dude, Kelly's not the most boring person ever. Like, listen he's to this so interview. Smart, I yeah, think. yeah. I mean, he, he's he, very smart. He can be. I maybe I caught him on a bad day, and he he wasn't you know his most turned on, or maybe the monotone you know nature of it kind of didn't really excite people. But uh, he is a smart dude. He is set in his ways, and he is going to say what he feels, and it's not going to change his mind really on much of anything. But uh, I I don't know if he's fully as boring as some people would say he is. Just. Uh, I don't know. I might be leaning too much on a three-year-old interview, but I found that interview very entertaining. No, I agree with you. I think he's he's done. There's a lot of other examples. He's been really good in press conferences. He's been good in like when he gets talking on a subject that interests him. I think he's, I think he's really good. And I think him getting it's almost like going from four to five. Like him going from zero to one is a big deal. And being a major championship golfer, and you know, it's kind of the difference between like. I don't know who would be a good example, but like that that's you still look at Webb Simpson in like a slightly different way. And I know that's not an exciting sentence, but you do. Right. Because it's like, well, yeah, he won a fucking major. Right. And I can't like kind of seems like he should he should yeah. be there. And but that's where, where I come back with Rom is like, dude, Rom needs more majors than Webb Simpson. He needs more than Gary Woodland. He needs more yeah. than Danny Willett. And I know he's not quite he's not even 30 yet. Like it's 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 unfair to say probably at this point, but like. It's time for him to have two. It really is. It's got to come this year. He's got to end this year with at least two majors. I really, it's his time. It really is. Yeah, I, I guess. And my worst case scenario is not Brooks winning. It's just him winning in a very like, uh, I don't know, sterile way, right? I don't think he's backing up. That's that's something I would like put on record. Like I don't think he's shooting worse than even par tomorrow. So if, if Brooks pulled an Emmelman and just was like fine on the last day but no one else could come at him and they he won by four or five that would be the worst case scenario basically yeah, yeah. or like he or he shoots you know i think it's like he shoots 68 
on, on you know on the fourth round and just birdies all the par fives and it's just like damn man and nobody can everybody's pressing and nobody gets within that three you know two three shot i just want to see i want to see the duel right yeah i would like him to to i don't want him to to blink i i just want rom to go get it and i think dj to your point like that would make me feel some things like when you talk like rom does make me feel some things when he's charging at you know kapalua it's like yo man this guy is so good like he's yep. so good at golf, and when he gets it going, he's the terminator. Yep. I want to see right. Ron play some offense. That right? I mean, the, yes. I didn't well love said. today's conditions for him. Like, but he played freaking offense from the second hole of Thursday up through uh, the end of of round two, even through this morning. He was sprinting through that finish. And he line. deserves so much credit yep. for how he played on the horrible side of the draw. I mean, he's a fucking gamer. Like yeah. he he can play in birdie fest and he can grind it out in the U.S. Open. Like I I feel like Rom is a the, a complete player. And I, so I want to see him go on offense. So that's really well said. KV, we're going to pause your game because we have okay. an unexpected guest. I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to bring her in, but huge fan of this next guest. You can see her on the uh, whole 15 and 16 stream on masters.com. Uh, she's been an incredible commentator over there. Uh, Miss Iona Steven, welcome to the show. How are you, Iona? Thank you very much. I'm doing great, guys. How are we all doing here? What are, what are you, uh, how are you spending the rain delay? What, what, what's a day after everything gets called look like for you? I, well, right now I'm sitting on a very bougie chair in my uh, in my house that I'm staying in this week in uh, Augusta, Georgia, and I'm looking out the window. The rain is bucketing down, and we were all sent home eventually um, after the rain was proving too hard for everyone, including ourselves. We were we were finding that really difficult. You know, the atmosphere and the energy had kind of dropped, and I think everyone was feeling, as we would say in Scotland, a little bit dreek. <laughs> I don't know if I could say that word. D R E I C H. Okay. That's yeah, that's what brand. I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just thought it was <laughs> I flipped. I have, I have multiple, multiple streams going, and I flip over to 15 and 16 today. And I, I got over there, and you were just you were just nailing the clubs all these guys were hitting. If they pulled eight iron, you were just like, yeah, this is not going to get there. Like, how, you get to watch the same holes kind of on repeat. What's that process like of seeing guys make the same mistake and uh, and being able to club them like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would never make such bold calls, I think, in my commentary when I'm normally out there on course in the DP World Tour, because you never know what magic a player can produce, right? But when you're sitting there for seven hours a day watching the hole and watching how they're taking it on, and you get an idea of, you know, these young guns who hit it X amount of distance, and then the more senior players were coming through, and we were like, okay, well, this is now between a six and a, a five iron. The big hitters come in, it's like, okay, is it an eight or a nine iron? And then occasionally you have someone like Ryan Fox that just rocks up with a pitching wedge and just like muscles one in there to the flag to within a foot. And you're like, okay. But, you know, it's really fascinating. This is the first time I've ever commentated on feature holes. And I wasn't sure how that was going to feel. You know, seven hours commentating on two holes, despite the fact they're great holes, you know, key protagonist at the Masters, a par five and a par three. I was a bit anxious thinking... I'm going to have enough to say here, but it turns out it it's one of the most enjoyable weeks of commentary I've ever had so far. Every single shot is different and you never run out of things to say. My co-commentator, Ned Michaels, I've got to give him a shout out. He's absolutely wonderful to work with. We are having a hoot in there and, you know, we're just, it's so interesting seeing how each player takes on these holes. The par 515, so strategic, you know, you've got to get your tee shot away down that right hand side. It's all about angles and just listening to the conversations 
that the caddies are having with their players. That's what we're getting ac across there on the feature hole coverage. You get the real depth insight into what the the way that the caddies are working with their players and the dynamic that they all have between them. You know, watching you know someone like Tyrrell Hatton, who's now got Bo Martin on the bag, who used to caddy for Shane Lowry. You know, watching them in comparison to someone like Jordan Spieth coming down, you're getting very different styles of conversation. <laughs> and it's 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 so interesting. And of course, down there on the 16th tee, where sometimes you can sense that it's just like the oxygen has been sucked out of, of the room. Um, you're really watching and listening. And then me and Ned Michaels, I mean, we we sound like, you know, we always come out on top because we have the advantage of having watched you know, a hundred shots in there already. And um, yeah, you can see where they all slip down and there's swirling winds, winds around that 16th green. So they come down and they, they, there was a lot of conversation this morning with that pin where the whole location in the center of the green, but up on that top tier. And so many times players are coming down and going, I don't know, I feel like I want to I want to hit a seven iron in there. And their caddies were sometimes negotiating them to hit the eight iron. And we were going, no, hit the seven iron, hit the seven iron. And they'd go, yeah, yeah, solid eight iron. We'd be going, no, it. it's a seven. I was like, Ned, just run down there and just sit on the back of that tee. No advice. Though. No, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of that going around. Yeah. Yeah. Talking the crowd really loud. I on your hole. Seven. <laughs> yeah. Did someone say seven? Seven. <laughs> Well, yeah, so it's been great. You uh, uh, last night on your guys' feed, you guys were uh, for people that don't know, you guys were uh, uh, commentating live when uh, the tree fell on seventeen. Well, take me to that situation. What was that like to call that in, in, in you know in live action? That was terrifying. Uh, really, really quite a scary moment there. And uh, Sergio Garcia was in the bunker to the right of fifteen, and yeah we're just we're just chatting away you know and suddenly we saw these branches falling and we thought uh oh and then sure enough we saw these two two georgia pines just coming down and you know it was a very na natural reaction in terms of our commentary ned was like watch out you know because you you kind of watch as a commentator you're really watching as a viewer you know and this is kind of it gave us both such a fright and obviously the main thing is that nobody was hurt and we're really really so grateful that that's the case and um i know that they augusta national do absolutely everything to make sure that it's a safe place but when we're in we're as golfers as we know it's mother nature that we're dealing with so ultimately she holds the cards and sometimes things like that happen but thankfully everyone's safe and is okay but it was it was a bit of a scary few minutes there and they cut to a scenic of a bridge and ned and i were really just hoping that everyone was okay and we have a variety of monitors in front of us and we could see on one of them that, you know, there was a lot of scuttling around going on and we were just keeping our fingers crossed. And thankfully, everyone was fine. Iona, I, I was uh, very impressed. You, you pulled out holy smokes, I believe, was was kind of your reaction. <laughs> the fact that you didn't cuss on air. I, I would, yeah, uh, well, you can imagine it's not normally holy smokes. It's normally... That's what I mean. I was impressed that you... That, that's what came out. So uh, I haven't yeah. heard holy smokes in a while on the air. Yeah. Which is, Good stuff. Um, I have a, a curious, like a technical question for you. Where do you where do you sit for the uh, for the coverage? Are you up in a tower or are you, um, all, you know, on the ground somewhere else? Yeah, we're on the ground in what's called the content center, okay. um, or as the Americans say, the content center. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> we're in the content center, 
and yeah it's really amazing over there and all the different networks have their own kind of house it's very posh and I mean it's wonderful you go into these beautiful little houses and in there you've got everything and I'm obviously with CBS this week and it's a real privilege to work with them and um around the back I mean it's like a well-oiled machine that's how I would describe it there's a lot going on there's cables flying everywhere but we have a lovely little room that's set up perfectly for commentary monitors in front of us it's soundproof you know great acoustics in there so that everyone at home is happy and yeah it's just a, a wonderful week normally we don't get treated this well and and so as commentators we're living the high life I love it and and Another question, you teased it a little bit earlier, but what was the best shot you've seen so far from, from you know, the approach into 15 and then the best uh, caddy-player combo? Hmm, good questions. I mean, the standout shot for me um, down these holes was Shane Lowry's chip today from the back of 15. Um, that was just a touch of class, and you can see that online. It's gone a little bit viral. He, he hit it through the back of 15 and two, and, I mean, Shane Lowry with a wedge in his hand is like, I don't know, Picasso with a paintbrush. He's an absolute mastermind around the green. And this was an impossible shot, absolutely impossible. And somehow he managed to nuzzle one in there to like a foot and a half. So that's that's worthy of a watch. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say for comedy value that Tyrrell Hatton and Bo Martin has been my favorite combo because Tyrrell is just so angry the whole time and <laughs> at the masters is handling that <laughs> imagine being mad at the masters <laughs> no you're like what's going on man you're at the masters you've made the weekend and um, on 16 there was a Tyrrell had about an eight eight or nine foot putt for par after they'd had a, a long conversation on the tee box about which club to take this was into the third round now so the whole location had moved forward by a few yards and back further on uh, on the right so it was again fascinating just listening to how the how the players were discussing what club they should take and we saw more players being more aggressive with that whole location because there was more scope to miss it long and actually the bunker on the right it wasn't a bad miss for the whole location you'll see for the second half of, of play in the third round tomorrow You'll see many players going into that bunker on the right-hand side, and it's actually not too treacherous and up and down from there. And then there's this little bit of grass kind of in between the two bunkers, just behind the hole. And that's where Tyrrell Hatton was. And they'd had, Bowen and Tyrrell had had a long conversation on the tee about what club to, to take. And Tyrrell was fuming that he had flown the green and was through the back. And then he, he, he very heavy-handed um, onto the green and, I just said to Ned, I said, hold on to your hat. If this doesn't go in, then Tyrrell will do all the commentary for us. We don't need to do a thing. And thankfully, he held the putt. So you could see Bo Martin going like, oh, thank God, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that that's, that's a, you know, a very entertaining dynamic. But of course, there, you know, Tiger, Joe Cava came down. That was quite difficult to watch with Tiger really struggling in those conditions. But um every player came up so short there it wasn't even close off yeah. the tee on 16 that was that was tough to watch really tough you know his body wasn't doing what his mind wanted it to do and he doubled 15 and sort of limped his way to the 16th tee um yeah and he was playing alongside thomas peters he hit one 
um, short, many players hitting the, that little ridge there just in front of the flag and it would just feed down into the gully. Tiger obviously trying to trying to work a little fade in there and his body just wasn't moving, you know, in those cold conditions. It was absolutely freezing and just went in the drink. Hmm. What do you see? Like, are you, can you see other golf going on while you're commentating? Do you have screens that are showing other, like, do you get a sense of what's going on with the rest of the golf course or when someone shows up on your feed, are you like, oh, wow, Brooks Kepka's 13 under par. How does that work? So we've got a scoreboard and we can see the scores in front of us. And then obviously we've got our computer and we can, we keep, we keep an, on top of what's happening on the scoreboard and the leaderboard. But uh, no, it's a really weird feeling, actually, at the end of the day, you come out of the, the commentary box, you've been in there for seven, seven and a half hours. And it's like, I know everything that's happened on 15 and 16, but not a clue what's <laughs> actually happening in the tournament. So <clears throat> I went on to the, the, um, the Masters Twitter live thingamajig um, yesterday and they said, what about Ram's star? I mean, starting the way he did. And I was like, I don't you know. tell me. I, I mean, that's why I asked. Was <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you tell me because I'm fascinated. But, you know, we're trying. Obviously, at the end of the day, I'm catching up with things. And, you know, I'm watching watching stuff on the telly at night. Um, my house here has got about 14 different televisions to watch. So um, this is obviously a sports fan in this house. But, um, yeah, catching up with it. But you're really engrossed in 15 and 16. It's a unique experience and um, fascinating one. Uh, Iona, how much prep have you put into uh, catchphrases as calling calling uh, big moments? You're going to see a lot of birdies and eagles on 15 and 16. You got any <laughs> any preconceived uh, calls? I've got to be honest, not really. Um, I mean, I've I, a lot of my commentary I've learned from um, a man called Ken Brown, who is of brownie, brownie points, points. You know, of course, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> he's one of, if not the best commentator in my opinion, that's alive on planet Earth right now. I mean, he learned from the great Peter Alice, who sadly um, I never got to meet. And and Ken's taught me, I'm going to say a lot of what I know. And um, I really followed his, um, and I'm following in his footsteps in terms of how to approach commentary. And, you know, it's a gentle approach that Ken has. And I'm really trying to bring that into the style that I have. I think, you know, you guys know this, the most the best and most effective style of commentary and most enjoyable is the most authentic, I think. So I honestly have nothing that's preconceived. What comes out, if it's golly gosh or good grief or whatever it was, holy smokes. Yeah, give me another holy like, smokes if you see a hole in one or something. Or, good I want to hear a holy smokes. Maybe, maybe hit us with it. Man, that's good content. Or in yeah. your life, have you seen that? Maybe maybe don't <laughs> yeah, use that one good. on 16, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a few that have been taken, but I'm sure... Over the next 10, 15 years of my career, there'll be something that comes out that hopefully stands the test of time. But I'm just trying to run, uh, sorry, walk before I can run in this commentary game. And I'm, I'm just so privileged to have the opportunity to, to say anything at all. Hmm. All right. Well, we thank you for jumping on and spending some time with us. People could find you on the whole 15 and 16 feed tomorrow. Uh, a lot of golf still left to play, but we greatly appreciate you popping on. And we'll definitely have to have you back sometime. So thank you. Yeah. I'd love that. It's great to see you all and enjoy the rest of the week. Cheers. Thanks. TC is active in the chat and one is demanding, demanding that we have a Mickelson prediction for tomorrow. Oh, oh man. Feel the thrill. Question. Well, it, it feeds into the We've most unlikely scenario. What's Sorry. that? I was, I was just saying, saying we got we got 27 holes to, to with which to predict here. I'd be I would say uh, it feeds into my most unlikely scenario, which is fill the thrill. 
doing the Cantlay charge that KVV was talking about earlier, which I think is extremely unlikely, but I think we would all be here for it. What what an interesting moment. I mean, what a what an unreal, surreal thing it would be to see Phil like get in the mix and just throw like a Sunday Jack 65 at everybody. It'd be amazing. I'm definitely rooting for it. Uh, DJ, your most unlikely scenario? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, it's probably Sam Bennett, not to be cold water guy, right? I, I don't He's think selling. That, I don't continues think to sell. Yeah. Continue to sell. I'm sorry, Neil. I hope I hope you get great returns, and I'm proud of you for holding. But you know, I think amateur going and winning the Masters is is pretty unlikely. I'm going to go on a big limb and say that hot take. All right, Sully. Um, most unlikely. I mean, there's a lot of very like. I think most unlikely is that Tiger Woods wins the Masters this year. That's okay. that's probably my my most unlikely story. Um, probably pretty unlikely. Yeah. I was also going to say I'd be. I think it's extremely unlikely that he uh, plays golf tomorrow. I, I I'm keep like refreshing Twitter seeing. Uh, that he would have withdrawn. But um, I think, yeah, that or Phil Mickelson winning the Masters would still, like Phil being in the top 10 is also extremely unlikely, and him winning would be uh, maybe my most unlikely scenario. Uh, I'm going to go with Russell Henley is the winner. You, if you guys are <laughs> This able is to pick... news to me that he is four under par as well. Just learned this. If you guys are allowed to pick Justin Rose, uh, then I'm allowed to pick Russell Henley. Like, I'd be for that. That'd be fine. It would be like a very much a Zach Johnson, Mike Weir type of win, like someone who... I never thought of as a major winner, but all of a sudden is. Uh, so, yeah, that would be my most unlikely. I think most unlikely thing is Xander to not finish T5. <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it's like it's, it's his birthright. That's going to happen. He's kind of far back. He's going to need to get hot uh, hot tomorrow to, uh, you know, to get the, the guaranteed T4, which I think I did halfway through round four. Um, before we wrap, we got a little segment on what, what's the worst golf weather you guys have ever played in? Because that today out there looked like the worst weather I feel like I've ever seen anyone play the Masters in. Uh, I wonder if you could go. Uh, we'll start with you, Neil. What's the worst golf weather you've ever played in? So there's a there's a sh- kind of a short list, but I think it wasn't as long as it, it or it lasted for about 13 holes. But Monterey Peninsula Country Club. This is twenty mm. February of twenty nineteen. Thank you to Taurus Sauce. Thank you to TC for having three. us out. <laughs> What'd you say? Thanks to TC for having us out to his of club. Of course, of course. But uh Taurus Sauce season three, we're in the RV. And I think the fact that we're in the RV, now this is Bally Bunyan. This is a different one. Uh it's uh Monterey Peninsula Country Club. And I think it was the one time I remember playing golf when there were rivers on the greens. Um, which is like it's tough. It's tough to do. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple times on strapped where it's been really cold, like Tallahassee, uh, when we played that second round Deej with uh Cam Riley. Yeah, that, that was, was that was up there for just like kind of lay Miz. But yeah. like this is as like as bad as it gets. And it was cold and soaked through. I didn't have the proper rain gear, so that probably like has made this kind of imprinted on my memory a little bit. Um, but I think you guys were all there. Would you guys agree or disagree? It's very yeah, much, it's, yeah. It's like that scenario of like, dude, this is our. There's no rain delay option. It's either you play Monterey Peninsula in the worst possible rain, or you don't play it at all. It's like you might as well go do it and get a fraction of the what the experience is probably like. But the sun did come out, or the the rain did stop on the back nine there. We we powered through. And we're delightful. very proud to do that. But that and, was and that's, some of the worst. Yeah, and that's where I'll trump yours, Neil. Is just it also wasn't that cold, right? Whereas uh, NIT, the Nest Invitational Tournament oh a couple of years ago in Jacksonville was, it looked a lot like today. Uh, yeah. That level of rain 
except it was also blowing 30 and uh just all day i think there's a great video of uh your buddy tommy armor the fourth uh just out there beating balls uh in, <laughs> on the jack well, yeah he flew in from la he's like he hadn't played golf and i was like dude this is bullshit like let's just go to the range it's not that bad out there and it, <laughs> it was, was like, that no, bad it was, like really really bad out there yeah so that that was it for me I love that he's doing the Gankus thing where you like get the club and then try to shallow he, it. He there. went he's through like, a phase. He's, he's always not doing that anymore. <laughs> I talked to him last week. He's like, I asked him if he's still doing the, the, the hinge. He's like, no, no, I quit doing that. But it was working for him for a little while. Uh, one of mine is uh, from the summer of Sally in 2017 uh, when I drove around all around the UK and Ireland for like 40 days playing a lot of golf. And I, st I stopped at a, a course called Fraserburgh up on the uh, kind of northeast part, like north of, uh, of Cruden Bay. Uh, seventh oldest golf course in the world. It was like a stop on the way, and I showed up. Like uh, you know, I'd arranged to come. I showed up, and it was just dumping. There was not one single soul out on the golf course, and the you know, there's one car when I pulled in. And I I still showed up, and they were like, yeah, you know, you're welcome to kind of tour the clubhouse if you'd like. And I was like, I mean, is it cool if I go play? Like I I know this is crazy, but can I just go play? They're like, uh. I mean, yeah, if you, if you want to, sure. I was hitting drivers from like 180. It was a true deluge. And at one point, I could, I would, it's like the only photo I have from that golf course is that day uh, wearing, uh, you know, whatever that selfie I took there. And that was uh, a fun memory I had. I'm glad I toughed it out because that was a really freaking awesome place. So I had a day at Bannon Dunes, uh, Pacific Dunes in specific, where the caddies said, I don't think we've ever seen it blow this hard. Like there were gusts of like 70 miles an hour. And I think I, I remember I hit a six iron in directly into the gale, absolutely flushed it, and it went like 96 yards. It was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Truly oh. just absolutely soaked. Like a full, your raincoat is completely, your rain gear is completely soaked. Peel it all off, put a second rain gear on, like halfway through, get completely soaked, peel that off, take a hot shower. Well, I had a, uh, a question for you guys that I wanted to pose, which was, what is the, like, what is your fam favorite rainy golf hack? Or did you see anything out there today from caddies that you want to steal? So two-part. You cannot answer both or either. Well, I know the only reason you're, answer, you're asking this question is so you can talk about your uh, your rain pants uh, maneuver. No, but that, actually, that's a great call. I have a different <laughs> hack, but that's a great hack. Would, would you like to share it with the people? No, please. Well, you, just, you basically just wear boxers under your rain pants, and that way you don't get hot and steamy. You don't have to wear a second pair of pants You know, if it's just rain. Now, if it's cold... That might be a problem. This is Bally Bunny. It wasn't cold. It was just like 50-mile-an-hour winds. This was a literal hurricane that was on its way into town. Um, and, yeah, we, we played the cashing course. Uh, this this video is Neil trying to hit a wedge 195 yards, I think, uh, on that one par three. Um, dude, I don't – like, moves to steal – I guess playing in the rain in general just has to come with a true, like – I, I get lost when I'm in the middle, when I'm like, dude, it's kind of rainy. Like, is this a rain round or is it not? And if it's a full rain round, I can rain glove it and I can bunt the ball around and do totally fine. When I get caught in the middle, that's the problem. And I just can't imagine playing at 7,500 yards, though, uh, in, in what they had today because I don't, you're, not, you're not getting that ball to apex in that. I don't know about Abraham Answer's move of putting the beanie on underneath the, the hat, but I'm guessing that's a sponsor reason that that happened. And, you know, anything you got to do. I th I was also curious. A lot of guys wearing beanies out there. With those, when those get soaked, I almost think you're you're going to get even colder. Yeah. The one move I saw out there. The reason I asked the question, Deej, was I saw uh, Brooks's caddy. Uh, he, is it, that's Ricky? I believe he's been in, right. been in the news. Uh, <laughs> he had the towel tucked inside. Oh of yeah, like three pullover. You know his that's his a great bib one. plus the pullover. 
And that's that is the key. It's what what is really demoralizing is when the towels get soaked. And then you're like, oh my God, like our our walls have come down, like we're we're totally flooded. You have no hope when you have no dry towels. That is that's when it gets really bleak for me. Oh, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap our Saturday night uh, rain delay show. Thank you to Scott Van Pelt, Wright Thompson, Iona Steven, High Noon, uh, Roback, uh, AG1, Athletic Greens, Kevin Van Valkenburg, Neil Schuster, Cody McBride, DJ Pihowski, all of the listeners, all of the commenters, everyone involved uh, with the show. Greatly appreciate it. Sunday night. And, and thank you, Sally. Thank you for all you do for the game. Oh, wow. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, we will recap the 2023. Hopefully, hopefully it ends tomorrow. It looks like we're, we're probably good with weather for tomorrow, and we'll we'll easily finish the Masters tomorrow night. But uh, uh, we'll leave you with this. Of course, Michael Irvin said, man, when we played in that cold weather, we was cold. Uh, we thank everyone for tuning in. We'll see you back here for another live show on Sunday night. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.